Are you ready? Welcome to Radio Grognard, King Size, the OSR podcast with more stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks, old man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. It's a nice day. I wanted to talk about a couple of uh, types of players, and I feel like they're kind of related, so we'll talk about that after this. Okay, what I wanted to talk... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply talk about were min-maxers and rules lawyers because they seem to be related. Now, I just watched a really good video on YouTube from Dimension 20. Uh, They have a contested role uh, segment where two people is basically point-counterpoint, you know, which one is better. And they did, are min-maxers good or bad? And I thought, it got me to thinking. Um... Min-maxers, you know, the guys who want to get every single advantage out of their character, is sometimes good, sometimes bad, you know? I would not like, as as a GM, I would not want a table full of them, because that would just, just drive me bonkers. But at the same time, we don't always have to do theater, the minor role play, and stuff like that. I mean, there is combat. I like my combat. You know, I'm a role player, but I do like my combat. Because to me, it's all part of the whole cinematic thing. So there's that. So I don't think min-maxers are inherently bad. Some people want to play that way. And I'm, you know, more power to them. Uh, My history with min-maxers goes back to Champions again. Now, I learned how to play D&D and such before I found Champions. But that, I didn't really know of... Anything about min-max? I don't know. What, you know, I don't even think the term existed then. But I had this was third edition champions, and I had the books Champions Two and Champions Three, and one of them had an article in there about getting the most out of your points when you're spending them in the game. And I can't remember the name of the article either. It was some the Goodman Guide to something or other, but. I read it and it was almost like a revelation for that game because I'm going, yeah, I could do this and save a few points here and get more bang for my buck there. And then that's how I kind of played it for a while. Uh, I think it's, it's a, games like Champions in the Hero System, they tend to, uh, especially the Supers, they tend to, how shall I, it's an art, somebody, I'd liken it to an arms race. You know, your character is weak in one in one area of combat or whatever, then you beef it, you get your experience points and you beef it up. And you know, and then the GM has to think of other ways to to get to you and back and forth. But then I started thinking, well, that that's that's kind of the way it is for every role-playing game. I mean, I see in D&D all the time about quote-unquote balanced encounters, which I'm not completely on board with, 
But I feel that everything, it should be, as far as GMs go, it should be kind of a ballpark thing as far as, far as that goes. Some people, like my friend Matt, it's like, I don't balance anything at all. I just throw this stuff in. I'm like, okay, yeah, they should learn how to run away. That's good. But at the same time, I want to get a rough idea of how I think this game will go compared to how the players, uh, the characters experience. And, and so I, that's why I do the way I do it. It's total level to me, total levels of the character versus the total hit dice of the monsters. I throw at them, that kind of thing. But you know, you're always going to have somebody in the, in the crowd. And with me, I mean, I've got a whole table, not a table full, but I mean, I know who's going to do it, who doesn't. And for, unfortunately, one of them is my grandson. He's, he's like, oh man, I could, because I, I don't run 5th edition, but I am in a 5th edition game with him. And it's like, if I do this and I do that, I could do this much attack for this much damage and da-da-da. It's like, that's nice. That's nice. Fortunately, I'm not the game master. And I've had, I've had these players at my table, and you just got to adjust. That's the whole thing. You got to adjust. If you don't like min-maxers, don't let them on your table. Um, but if they're there and you're allowing them, you do have to adjust. For instance, I ran a Hyperborea campaign with one of my players who I forget what he was, what class he was playing, but basically he figures he can do 35 points. No, I'm sorry. His AC was 35 after all these because he was a spellcaster, all these spells he did, and all the pluses, and all the buffs, and all this other stuff, he had an AC of 35. I had to deal with that, because I let it in the game. I mean, you know, after a while, if you don't want to deal with it, you can just sit down and talk to the player, or talk to the group, and say, hey, look, can we, like, start over, or whatever, and not have these kind of characters? But if that's their, if that's their groove, if that's their, if that's their thing, then, and you allow it in the game, deal with it. I mean, to me, you know, having a min-maxer in the game kind of keeps me on my toes. In a way, I like it because it makes me, you know, think outside the box and plus whatever situation I am. And that makes the game better for everyone. It's just some people just get out of hand. And I understand that with a lot of younger players, newer players, it's kind of a Kind of a phase. That's what I'm thinking about my grandson. It's a phase. I mean, I taught him how to play D&D with Rule Cyclopedia. Beck me D&D. I taught him how to do that. And then we moved on to Labyrinth Lord and other things like that. And he's also played first edition and second edition AD&D. But once he found fifth edition, oh boy. He really went to town on that. And so right now, he's like the little min-maxer who could. And, you know, I'm not going to stop him. I'm not going to say, no, I don't want that in my game. I'll just go, hmm, that's nice, and then deal with it. Because that's the way that's the way the GMs are supposed to deal with it. He's having fun, and I can't really blame him for that. And as far as I'm concerned, this is a bit of a brag on my on my end, but I happen to think my games are bulletproof. And I will say that because 
they are. Um, you, you cannot derail a game of mine. And the, I know that's a brag. And I know there's somebody out there, probably even at my tables, going, oh, yeah, watch this. I am good at deflecting. At not deflecting, but I like you. You give me that problem, okay, fine. Here, let's deal with it this way. If they, if the the point of the game veers off too much, I'll I'll roll with it. If you can roll with something, whether it's a GM or a player, you're ahead of the game. So if you want a min max and you want this character who's totally decimated this town or whatever, it's like, all right, you're gonna deal with the aftermath. And let's see where you go from here. Maybe jail, maybe another country, who knows? So that's the way I deal with that kind of thing. Now, I said rules lawyers are kind of related to that. And in a way they are, because these guys who are doing the min-maxing are working the system. They're, and to me, they're reading the books. They're, they're actually understanding the rules, and I can only... You know, that can only be a good thing for me. Uh, rules lawyers, I don't mind in my game either, but I do have some restrictions on them, like they're not going to interfere with the way I'm running the game. They are not going to quote chapter and verse to me out of the rule book. They may point out something, but it's still my game. I used to, when, in, in my champion's days, we had a rules lawyer, Paul, who was very, very good at it. He knew the he knew the hero system backwards and forwards. And I remember my friend Mark, who ran the games, would always keep him on one side of him, like he was his right hand. And he always sat next to him because the rules lawyer, if we're playing a game and we're doing a combat or something like that, and he will say, you know, it said, um, by the way, it says in the book, this goes this, this is how this goes. Do you, and he'll turn to the GM and say, do you want to do it that way? And the GM will think about it and, you know, yes or no. That's the way to use, to have a rules lawyer at your table. Because as a GM, you cannot know everything. And if the player has enough time to at least be able to reference something very quickly. And he was quick. That's what I liked about it is we never got bogged down with books because he would, he had like an eidetic memory or something like that, where if he didn't know the answer, he knew where to look it up and he would. And this is the days before electronics, before cell phones, before tablets, before things like that. And he had the book there with him. The GM allowed him the rule book there with him. He was the only one because he was like grease lightning as far as as far as rules go. So that's one of the, that's the reason I say rules lawyers can be handy. Now, if you just got some guy who's just trying to be obnoxious, who's just trying to break the game for some reason or another, I'd 86 is, but I would, you know, out of here. Uh, if they're, if they're put too, you know, too much with it, but it's always going to be, you know, him quoting the rules and asking the GM, is that Okay. Uh, or he'll say something like, well, the rules say this, but if you want to do it that way, that's fine or not, you know, and Mark was a fair GM, you know, he'd give it con some consideration and then rule. 
So that's that. And getting back to min-maxers for a bit. Um, there are some people who are like, oh, we do anything theater of the mind. Oh, we can role play. Bull. You can role play. You can role play with a min-maxer. You know, they can't spend all of their their characters' lives in combat. And if they don't want to role play outside of that, that's their prerogative. As long as they're not holding the rest of them back, which means the rest of the party. If you've got somebody who's total loner where you have to talk him into doing anything, you don't need that kind of character at the table. And I would talk to the player saying, look, this is the way the game runs. If you don't want to input, that's fine. But don't hold everybody else back trying to spend 10 minutes convincing your character to do it. I mean, if your character goes off to do something else, that's on you. I mean, I'm not, I will, I will follow majority rule. I will follow whatever the party is doing. And, you know, they always say, this is one of the reasons why they say don't split the party, because you get these, you get these players who think their character is a lone wolf badass and they have to, you know, what's in it for me? How, how does that relate to me? How does, why should I care? Basically, they're the why should I care play uh, characters. And I am not, as a GM, I will, I will try and work the every character. You know, they've got a situation they want to handle. Most, practically all the table is already bought into stuff. Already bought into the scenario, except this one guy. And I'll be damned if I'm going to spend 10 minutes trying to figure out a way to work his player in when he's being so stubborn about it. Well, that's what my character would do. Oh, really? Okay, well, I guess your character is not going with them, and um, good night. And, you know, that's, that's, that's the end of your... You can sit around for a few hours and watch them, but I am not going to do the first, you know... I'm not going to do the further adventures of Billy Badass on the side. Sorry. No, ain't going to happen. So how did I get off? I got off track on this, but that's okay. This is this is for fun anyway. It's a game. Uh, so yeah, min-maxers are not bad. Rules layers are not bad. It's just that, you, you know, with everything else, with moderation. And they can role play. I've seen them. They just role play in their own way. You know, I just, I do this thing. I just say this one word. You know, there are always those guys who are like Silent Bob. They're always like, they don't say much. But when they do say something, people listen. That's the kind of character I like for those kind of characters. You know, Billy Badass doesn't say much. And then he, and if he's got like an analytical mind, he looks at it and he says, well, why don't we do this? People are going to look at him and go, hey, that's a pretty good idea. Let's do that. So that's the way I think loner characters should be worked in. But anyway, th those are also I I think I think I I say that because um I say that because I've totally lost thought, my thought process on that. That's going to happen. But anyway, yeah, min maxers can role play and role players can min. I've seen role players at min max because I wouldn't call them a min-maxer because they have such rich characters, but at the same time, they everybody does it to a certain extent, a little bit. They're always looking for that. Everybody's looking for that edge. But you just got these guys who take it to the extreme. What the hell? It's a game. They're having fun. I don't care. As long as I can deal with them at the table, 
I'm fine. Anyway. All right, I got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognard at gmail.com or drop a voicemail at Spotify for podcasters. All right, uh, we are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. For single donations, go to my Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognard, or my PayPal tip jar, paypal.me slash oldmangrognard. Let me thank these people who do give it to me monthly. Gilbert Sars, Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Benjamin Brodell, John Allen Large, and Aaron. Thank you very much. For other good podcasters, Dan Griggs, the Young Y-U-N-G, Young Grognard Podcast, Kevin at the Redcaps Podcast, Daniel Norton's Bandits Keep Podcast, Randy and Joe's Biggest Geekest Podcast, Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. You got questions? You got comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. Tune in next time when Radio Grognard King Size is on the air.